last week was so special. <laughs> Who was here last week? Oh, man. This house, you guys are so incredible. Just your generosity, your courage, your faith, your willingness. It's just really inspiring. Um, and the, the testimonies from some of you who went out on street ministry uh, was just so encouraging. In uh, the, the way that, uh, that Wes invites us and empowers us to share the love of Jesus with the world is really special. I don't know if you guys really know that, but, but the way that we do evangelism here is a dream come true for me. And I know for some of you too, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Also, two weeks ago, Jeremy shared a message from Psalm 2 uh, about the reign of the Lord's anointed. Anybody here for that? (laughs) And he talked about what it means to serve the Lord with fear and to rejoice with trembling. Y'all remember that? Uh, I feel like that was a really significant word for like the whole church in this season, right? So if you missed either of those, go back and watch or listen, okay? You guys okay? You ready? Today, we're going to talk about faith, and more specifically, the kind of faith that pleases God, okay? (laughs) So Alex, you can put that scripture up there. We're going to talk about, oh, sorry, you got to get rid of the logo. There we go. (laughs) All right, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay? So, faith is a really broad subject, right? We could talk about it from now until a year from now and still not cover everything. But this verse, which says, without faith, it is impossible to please God, is in the middle of a chapter that describes the faith of person after person and generation after generation who lived by faith. And this comes, it seems really significant that we should pay attention, right? And it comes in a book that begins by saying, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets. But in these last days, he speaks to us by his son, whom he appointed heir to all things. Okay? Then, for the next 13 chapters of Hebrews, it describes for us what Jesus inherited. And not what Jesus inherited as the son of God before he became man, but what he inherited as the son of God After he became man. And therefore what we have inherited because of him. Okay? And so it invites us to learn what it means to live by faith. Okay? You guys okay? Okay. So let's go back to our verse. Without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay? In the original language, 
There is a difference between the first he is and the second he is. Okay? In the original language, in the first time that you see he is, the original word is a word that means to be. As in the eternal, ongoing, forever state of being. This this word is related to the concept of God calling himself, I am. Okay, it, is the, it refers to the eternal existence of God who exists outside of time and space. Okay? So then the second time you see he is, it is a word that means to come into existence or to appear or to be fulfilled. Okay? In other words, it refers to something that was not, but then it entered into time and space and became. Okay, we see these two words also used together in First John, uh, not First John, John chapter one, one through three. Okay, in the first two verses of John chapter one, you will you will hear that first word that means the eternal existence um, to be. Every time you hear the word was, it's that word. Okay, it says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Every time you hear the word was, it doesn't mean God was there and now he's not. It means before time began, God was already here. Jesus was already God. Jesus was already here. Okay? It's the eternal existence of God. Then in verse 3, we start to see that second word come into play. And every time in verse 3 that you hear the word made, it's that second word, okay? And it says, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made, okay? You know what that's saying? Everything, because he is, everything in creation and everything that we see came into existence because he is. Everything is Because he is. Okay? All right? So stay with me. Here's where we're going. If we're going to have faith, then what we believe God for has to begin with he is. Okay? Everything, um, faith flows through relationship. Okay? So what what we should want to see should be a direct expression of the I am, of who he is. Okay, you guys, you guys okay so far? <laughs> okay, so sometimes we get, we get really caught up, right, on hearing, I, I have to hear a word from the Lord, so I know what to believe him for. And that's really good, and we should do that. Please do that, okay? <laughs> but Hebrews begins by saying, in the past I spoke through the prophets, but now I speak to you in the language of a son, In other words, I speak to you in the language of relationship. I speak to you in the language of family. Okay? Because faith flows through relationship. And that does not mean that we don't have prophets anymore. We do. But the way that the prophets give words changes because now God speaks in the language of a son. And then the way that we hear those words has to change. It has to be interpreted from the language of family. It has to be interpreted from the language of what I'm believing for is a direct expression of I am. Come on. Come on. 
okay? So we have to know who he is so that we know what to believe for, okay? You guys okay so far? That's just, that's just the beginning, okay? So if all faith flows from relationship and that relationship is communicated in the language of family, then let's talk about some things we can know about what it means to have the kind of faith that pleases God. Okay, you guys ready? Number one, authentic faith will never be bigger than our faithfulness. (laughs) I'm just sitting there for a minute. Authentic faith will never be bigger than our faithfulness. Because when we have faith for something, that can exist outside of relationship. But faithfulness requires relationship. Therefore, authentic faith requires faithfulness. Okay? There are a lot of people who accomplish a lot of great things and call it faith. But if they leave a path of destruction and wounded people behind them, in the name of faith, it is not faith at all. It is self-promotion. <laughs> Somebody say that's good news. <laughs> There are a lot of people who take great risk in the name of faith. But if they don't keep their word and they can't honor their commitment, it is not faith at all. It is self-indulgence. There are a lot of people who want to talk about the great things they're believing God for. But if they can't invest in the dreams of someone else, then it's not faith at all. It's self-importance. That kind of faith is not a direct expression of who God is. Okay? Authentic faith will always, will never be bigger than our faithfulness. Because it requires relationship. You guys okay? (laughs) So God came to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, and he told Abraham, "Um, Abraham, I am your shield and your very great reward. Okay? But, But Abraham is still, he's still thinking about, and he's still focused on what is not yet in existence or what he does not yet have. And so he responds to the Lord, and he says, but what can you give me since I remain childless? And the Lord's like, the God, the I am, what can you give me because I remain childless? And so God says, hey, come outside and look up at the stars and begin to count them. And he says, if you start to count them and count as many as you can, and if they can be counted, so shall your offspring be. Then it says, Abraham believed the Lord. And that is the first time that the word believe is mentioned in scripture. Okay, So at the beginning of this conversation with the Lord, 
Abraham is focused on what is not yet in existence or what he does not yet have. And so the Lord takes him out and he says, okay, look, change your focus. Look up. Look at me. Look at the stars. And when he begins to count the stars, it's as if God is saying, hey, these stars that you see in front of you, you see them. They were not before, before but now they're here because I am. They're here because I am. And so suddenly now he, he's saying, because Abraham, because I am your reward, now all that I am is available to you. Okay? Then it says something really significant. It says, Abraham believed the Lord. You know what it does not say? It does not say, oh, now Abraham believed that he was going to have a child. It says, Abraham believed the Lord. Actually, in Hebrews chapter 11, right after this verse that we just read, it says that Abraham and Sarah were enabled to conceive a child, not because they believed the promise, but because they considered him faithful who had made the promise. Do you see the role that faithfulness has? God had to continue while Abraham was in the waiting season. God had to continue to increase his ability to see him. And in that increased ability to see him and to know him came the belief that because I see him, because I see who he is, not only can he, but he will because he is faithful, he cannot do anything else because of the faithfulness of God. Because they considered him faithful who had made the promise. Okay? If, if you guys are at work and your boss or your colleague gives you something to do and it seems ridiculous or impossible or a little bit crazy... You will be more prone to do that thing if you have belief in the person who asked you. Even though you don't believe the thing. Because what we believe about the person who asks will carry a lot more weight than the thing that they ask. Okay? It all begins with relationship and with faithfulness. With understanding the faithfulness of God and then understanding that as we are walking out our faith, then we have to be an expression of the faithfulness of God. Yeah. Or it's not faith. Wow. Okay, you guys okay? Yeah. Okay, number two. Uh, okay, it says that we must believe that he is and we must believe that he is a rewarder. Okay? That's an end there. We must believe that he is, and we must believe that he is a rewarder. It is impossible to have faith and not believe in the reward of the Lord. Okay? The, the first thing to know about this, uh, the original language here, is when you see, it says the subject, which is he or God, it says the subject is doing the action unto himself for his own benefit. Okay? You know what that means? 
That means when God rewards us, it also rewards him. (laughs) When God rewards us, it also rewards him. That is why our faith pleases him. Not because he, he needs to be believed, but because he, it pleases him to reward us. Okay? Also, the original language will tell us that this is not some future next life thing. This is something that begins now in this life. Yes, we will also be rewarded in the next life, but it starts now. He is now a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay? Okay? So let's talk about what this reward means. Okay? It means to pay back what is due or to give back what was lost. It is a compensation for service rendered or damage incurred. It is a return for something done, suffered, or given. Okay, now before we start going off into a performance mindset, let's be clear that we get to receive reward based on our faith in what Jesus paid for. Okay, it's not a reward for what we do, it's a a reward for our faith. Okay, let me show you what I mean. Um, This tells us that God sees every Every time we serve, every act of kindness, every time we love and it costs us something, he sees those things and he has reward for us. But the reward is not for doing the things themselves. Okay? The reward is for the faith to do those things and not seek our own recognition and our own compensation for doing them. (laughs) Do Do I need to like say that again? Okay, the reward is not for doing those things themselves. The reward is for the faith to do them without seeking our own compensation and our own recognition. Then comes the reward. If we demand recognition and compensation for everything we do for the Lord or for others, then we are robbing ourselves of the reward of God. And there's no faith in that. It's just a job. If we require our own compensation for everything we do for him, he is the rewarder if we let him be the rewarder. Okay? The second part of that is to pay us back news because it's a promise from God himself to pay us back, to pay us full compensation for every damage incurred. How about that? Anybody had incurred damages? <laughs> this is a promise for God himself to pay us back for every time that someone stole from us, every time someone used us, every time someone broke a promise, every time someone wounded us, this is God's promise that I will pay you compensation for and give you back that which was stolen from you. If we let him be the rewarder. 
when we need to control our own payback, then we can only collect the reward that we can collect. <laughs> we have to have the faith to let him be the rewarder. I would much rather have him pay me back on behalf of someone else than to get back whatever I could get from them. This is how healing happens. He is. We must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. (laughs) You guys are quiet. (laughs) Okay, so number two is the reward of faith surpasses our greatest losses. The reward of faith surpasses our greatest losses. And our greatest expectations. It doesn't require loss. Okay. All right. Number three. The fullness of faith cannot be experienced without submission to family. We have said that that faith um, flows from relationship and that relationship is communicated in the language of family. Therefore, the fullness of faith cannot exist in isolation. Uh, We very often tend to think of faith in terms of what we're believing God for, okay? But if, if we have the kind of faith that begins in the expression of who he is, then it will always be bigger than us. And while it is for us, it is also for us in the context of family and for the sake of the world, okay? So Hebrews chapter 11, it goes through generation after generation of those who walked by faith. And while they received a measure of the promise, their faith also impact the generation after them and the greater story of God's people. And it says in the last verse in chapter 11, says these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. That means they didn't receive the fullness of what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us they would be made perfect. Okay? Faith matures when we know that we're not just sons and daughters, but we are sons and daughters that are in a family. Okay, And we can't just go and practice our faith in isolation and then come back and say, well, this is what God and I decided. Because that's how we hurt people. It's in isolation and lack of accountability where we, we put what we think is faith as a priority over relationship. And then it becomes not faith at all. It just hurts people. Yeah, that's right. Okay? You guys okay? Yeah. Like, so good. we have to learn the value of submission. Yeah. Submission is not weakness. Submission is power that's under right. restraint. Right. Okay? Wow. For the sake of someone else. Yeah. 
for the sake of the empowering of someone else, okay? It, we have to learn to submit to one another, not just people who are like us, who think like us, who have gifts like us, who are in the same generation as us. It's time for one generation to submit to the other and that generation to submit to them. And it's time for teachers to submit to prophets and prophets to submit to teachers and apostles to submit to pastors and pastors to submit to evangelists and evangelists to submit to apostles. Listen, fivefold is not just a great buzzword that sounds really good. Do you know what it is? It's submission for the sake of maturity so that we live in the full expression of who God is. We can't have faith if we are unwilling to submit to one another and people who are, who are not like us. Okay? Does that make sense? It is only in family that our faith can be wholly realized. And if, if we are going to learn how to walk in the inheritance of the Lord as the family of God, then we have to have faith. But we have to have the kind of faith that flows through relationship. And that means we have to let our faithfulness be great. And we have to let our forgiveness be great. And we have to let our submission be great. Because it is in those things, it is those things that increase our faith. It is those things that lead us into an authentic expression of who he is. And if you're not quite convinced, at the end of chapter 11, that talks about all these things. In chapter 12, verse 2, it says, fix your eyes on Jesus, who was the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God who for the reward of God laid his life down, who for the joy of family said it's worth it. That is where faith begins. All right? You guys okay? We are done really early. (laughs) But that's okay. Um. I think that uh, since we have time, just close your eyes for a minute. And we don't need music yet. Let's just take an opportunity like God gave Abraham said just look up and see who I am whatever you're believing him for is not bigger than him and it's not bigger than his faithfulness Let's let ourselves 
just take our eyes off of what we do not yet have for a minute and put them on the faithfulness of God. Because he is faithful, we are faithful. Because he is a rewarder, we don't need to seek our own reward, our own payback, our own compensation, our own recognition. Those things are great. They're not wrong. But that's not where our focus is. We get to experience the gift of not being in this alone, but doing this together. Not just here, not just in this body, but all over the earth. He's, he's calling his church to arise and ascend and to become better expressions of who he is to become not just sons and daughters, but sons and daughters who know we are family. And the great I am is our father. So being sons and daughters is not just the inheritance. The inheritance is not just receiving something that, that like benefits of being in in an inheritance. Inheritance learns to walk like the family walks and do business like the family does business and present ourselves to the world like the family presents ourselves to the world. Jesus, we thank you that because you are the author and the perfecter or the finisher of our faith, and you showed us that the greatest demonstration of faith is to lay our lives down for one another and to believe that God is and that he is a rewarder. Let's stand up. Um, you guys, you have time. Um, if you just, you're free to go at any time, or you're free to to stay where you are and and pray and connect with the Lord, or come up here. Um, we're just going to uh, we're 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 just going to be, <laughs> and uh, you're free to go at any time. You're free to come up front. You're free to worship where you are. You're free to encourage one another and give one another words, this is the family of God, okay?